0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Blog Talk Radio. We believe in the American way. And we built this country called the USA. And we fly our flag. Cause we're proud and free. We're Americans. Red, white, and blue is our way of life. Never back down from a challenge or a fight. Nature provides God gives the right We're Americans. We make up America. It's amazing America. Oh, yeah.
0: Welcome to our Convention of States podcast, That Providence Article. This podcast series is a weekly discussion concerning the fifth article of the United States Constitution, the amending provision, with a general view on the phrase Convention for Proposing Amendments and specific focus on the Convention of States Project. My name is Paul Hodson. I am the co-director here in the great state of Texas. Each week we meet to educate ourselves on Article 5, to promote the Convention of States Project and its use of Article 5 to rein in our federal government. For more information regarding the Convention of States Project, I invite you to visit www.conventionofstates.com. Later in the show, if opportunity allows, our call-in number is 914-205-5632. Further contact information is available at blogtalkradio.com for that Provident article. We want to thank Madison Rising, America's most patriotic rock band, endorsers of the Convention of State Project, for the use of all the music here on our episodes of that Providence article. Please visit their website at www.madisonrising.com. In a quick review as we begin our show. Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution is available there in full on blogtalkradio.com on our site. We particularly look at that phrase, Convention for Proposing Amendments, as initiated by the applications of two-thirds of the state's legislatures. And we want to point out the subject matter of our application at the Convention of States, three points, impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress. And a happy Independence Weekend to all of our liberty-loving patriots out there across this great land, all of our Convention of State supporters, all of those who are interested in Convention of States. Again, my name is Paul Hudson. I am the co-director of the great state of Texas here in uh, at the convention of states so much activity going on especially here in texas we will share some of that uh, at some point in the near future i i expect let's get on with some of the national news uh, again you can go to the conventionofstatescom of backslash news blog site to see all the latest news of the past week you also i also encourage you to go to your particular states blog site at www.cosaction.com and backslash, and then your state name, blog, underscore blog. So, you know, North underscore Carolina underscore blog would be for North Carolina. And a reminder that uh, my co-director here in Texas, Tamara Colbert, who is also our National Media Relations Director, she has her episode of Constitutional Coffee on our Convention of States Project Facebook page, Every Thursday, 11 o'clock Eastern Time, I certainly invite you to go out and take a look at that, and of course it posts there. You can watch it any time after that. While it's live, you can comment, and Tamara will respond to you during her her broadcast. The only other bit of news I really want to bring up this morning uh, is – affects Texas, but also, of course, affects the nation because it was one of the Supreme Court decisions that have been handed down in the past two weeks, and it was handed down this past Monday it was regarding what here in Texas we knew as house bill number 2 from the 2013 legislative session it was a bill to uh, actually put a lot of uh, normal type of medical regulations upon uh, abortion providing uh, abortion providers in terms of safety safe medical procedures for the mother uh, these are things which would be uh, enforced at any type of clinic you would go to for any other type of procedure, and Texas put those in place. One of the things we did during presentations last year was try to remind people it was last June in which all the other decisions came down on uh, the second Obamacare decision, the same-sex marriage decision, the affirmative action in housing decision, which was also a Texas case. But one which was under the radar at the time was was the Supreme Court basically uh, putting a stay on the remainder of that hB2 decision and saying they would consider bringing it up and and bring it up they did and they not only uh, struck down some of the some of the measure they actually refused to even uh, discuss or or include the severability clauses that were purposely put in that measure and with that they've infringed on our sovereignty and here uh, I will just play for you mark Levin's uh Quick, quick review and his his commentary on the infringement on on sovereignty of, of Texas and how that impacts the impacts the entire nation.
1: Another bad day in the Supreme Court is another bad day for America. This is precisely why I recommend in the Liberty Amendments a convention of states. So a three-fifths majority of the state legislatures can overturn a Supreme Court decision. Now the Supreme Court ruled today that what are really uh, rational, common sense health requirements that the state of Texas imposes on abortion clinics as a result of, among other things, what took place in Philadelphia with Kermit Gosnell was unconstitutional. When in fact, there's nothing in the Constitution that even addresses abortion. And so the people of Texas lost a piece of their sovereignty to a Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. And the answer to that is Article 5 in the Constitution but it was mostly about sovereignty 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 who gets to make decisions for whom and when you lose the consent of the government as we just did in our Supreme Court as they did with the EU well then you don't have a sovereign nation really do you there was no reason for the Supreme Court to do what it did other than the five justices have a personal view different than the people of Texas that's not good enough
0: Okay. That was Mark Levin last Tuesday. Just a quick snippet from his show. You can find that, I believe, on – a fuller version of that on the Convention of States news blog site. We're going to go now and and do something a little different uh, since it's Independence Week and Independence Day, of course, coming up on, on Monday the 4th. And we're going to take a look at the Declaration of Independence as it's reflected in the Constitution, and I want to – uh, give a great deal of date, Senator, and our, our Senate sponsor here in Texas, Senator Brian Birdwell, when I attended a, uh, a presentation of his just a couple weeks ago. And I believe it was just in answering a question from the audience. He he very quickly reviewed this uh, interaction, this um, – the inclusion of the Declaration in the Constitution and really the reflection that, that you can see of the Declaration in how the Constitution is constructed… Uh it was eye opening. Uh, it, it piqued my interest to do just a little bit of study and it, it really doesn't take a lot to just look through the text at that point and see what, what's happening. But first we want to take a look at that the text of Article Seven, well right after Article Seven in the Constitution and what it says because this is the point and I went ahead and looked at my actual reproduction copy of the of the Constitution to see where this is. It's not an article. And it's also not the signatures. It's, it's kind of the, uh, the, the closing statement in saying that we're finished, and now we're ready to sign. And, and it reads in full uh, regarding the entire document of the Constitution at the Philadelphia Convention. Done in convention by the unanimous consent of the states present the seventh, 17th day of September in the year of our Lord, 1787, and of the independence of the United States of America, the 12th in witness whereof we have hereunto subscribed our names so it's an interesting way in which they they stated the date you know they used the gregorian calendar this is basically september 17th uh, of 1787 but the other date they reference is one in which it's referencing the the birth of our nation so they aren't referencing the articles of confederation they aren't referencing that date as a starting point they're referencing uh, the independence of the United States of America, the 12th, the 12th year, so 1700, 1,787 years of our Lord right since since uh, AD has been in place. And 12 years – that's what the 12th means. 12 years at that point in time, they were in their 12th year of independence. So that is an indication that the founders and the framers of the Constitution were were understanding as their basis was was the Declaration of Independence. They were referencing that as here is, our nation is founded on the Declaration and our Constitution is a reflection of that Declaration. So as we go through and I, and I just found this fascinating as I, as first as I heard it and then as I read through, because a lot of us go through the exercise every 4th of July, we're going to read through the Declaration of Independence and you know we we are taught in school i think it's just crammed into our brains when we're very young you know why did we declare independence as a nation well it was taxation without representation that's what we we learn that's what we repeat it's uh, you know the 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 uh the revolutionaries at that time they were just frustrated at taxation without representation well the the uh, statement right before the list of all the grievances which the uh, colonialists had with Great Britain uh, here's the phrase which they, they use in, in the declaration the history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations all having indirect object in the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states to prove this let facts be submitted to a candid world and then the uh, colonialists and, and the, the writers of the declaration uh, certainly Thomas Jefferson, but with all input from especially John Adams, they had this these lists of usurpations. And we're going to go through them one at a time, and I have put in parentheses where it best applies when you think in terms of what exactly were they, uh, what exactly were they referencing that needed to be in place for a, a republic to function. Number one, he, the king, he has refused to assent to laws the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. So that addressing a need for a legislative type of process for laws. Number two, he has forbidden his governors to pass laws of the immediate and pressing importance, unless suspended in their operation, till his assent should be obtained, and when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. So again, the focus on a need for a legislative resolution. Number three, he has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. Another focus on the legislative process. Number four of these usurpations. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records. For the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. So again, a focus on the need to restructure and to uh, and to enforce and to support uh, the legislative process, not being run by a tyrant, a king. Slide four, if you're following along on the slides. Uh, number five of the usurpations. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with men, manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people another focus on the legislative process or the lack thereof. He has refused for a long time after such disillusions to cause others to be elected whereby the legislative powers incapable of annihilation have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. Again, a concentration, uh, a focus on legislative powers uh, and And the tyranny of a king uh, you know overriding those and doing what he pleases, or just refusing to act upon laws which were in place, number seven with the king, he has endeavored to prevent the population of the states for that purpose, obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither. and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands, possibly executive, but you could also argue that that's, again, talking about the legislative process. Some of these have obviously a lot of crossover dealing with the abuse of the executive branch where that should be the right of, of a legislature to do. Next slide, number eight of the usurpations. He, the king, has obstructed the administration of justice. By refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers, so the, for the first time they mention in their usurpations uh, a need for uh, some type of judicial uh, judicial structure in a government. Number nine, he has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. Again, I mark down this is a, a reference to a need for a judicial structure. And one which obviously is independent of a king. Number 10. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. I mark that down as executive, just an executive, uh, a king doing as he wishes, creating new officers out of thin air, uh, sending officers out to do things. You know, uh, Sounds very familiar to a lot of which goes on today. Number 11. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. I mark this again in the category of being executive, but you can also see that it it could bleed over into the legislative side. Number 12, he has affected to render the military independent of – military independent of and superior to the civil power. So I mark that again as the executive and the king – Of course, here in in Britain, putting the British military superior to civil power, so no civil oversight of the military uh, at the time in colonial America. Slide number six, the 13th usurpation. He, King George, has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation. Again, I mark this in the category of the legislative, the need for a legislative structure. Number 14, uh, and this kind of is in line with the 13th one on down, 14 and 15. They're kind of all part together, uh, put together. So he has, he has combined these for for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, and that's an executive power, you know, somebody who is uh, ordering troops, uh, maneuvering troops around… And quartering them, that was one of the big complaints of the, of the colonialists. Right, The colonists had uh, – they had these troops. These British troops could basically commandeer their, their housing, come into their house, and be quartered there. Of course, that's one of the – one of the uh, Bill of Rights, one of the first ten amendments has to do with quartering soldiers in your homes and, and our, our uh, preservation from that being… Put upon us, it, it's a right we have to our own homes. This is why they, the British, were greatly abusing, and abusing the colonists by taking over their homes. And the fifteenth usurpation for protecting them, the, the the armed troops in that, in this reference, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states. Again, that's an executive. I put that in the executive category. You could also think in terms of the need for a judiciary uh, in that, and, and even in terms of legislative for the actual laws, which would be defined as murder uh, from a, an armed troops acting in a manner which is not lawful. Number sixteen in the usurpations for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world. Well, there's finally a fiscal, uh, a fiscal complaint about the king, and then number seventeen for imposing taxes on us without our consent. Finally, we get down 17, to the 17th in this list of usurpations. And finally, we get the taxation without representation. doesn't mean it wasn't important or critical, but notice the first 15 of the usurpations are dealing with the structure and function of a government. That's what the founders were concerned about they were concerned about how do we build a structure, how do we model this in a manner which will separate powers, right, define functions separately, and certainly provide checks and balances because usurpations by one branch or the other uh, will come into play. So if you take a tally after listing all these 15 grievances related to legislative, executive, and judicial abuses… And then they began listing those fiscal abuses. Of those first 15 grievances, the categories break down roughly – and I say roughly because, like I said, you could bleed some things over from one to the other. They roughly break down like this. Seven or more of them are legislative grievances, a need for a legislative structure. Six of them are executive grievances, and two of those were judicial grievances. And So now consider the structure of the Constitution what is article 1 all about it addresses the legislature right how to build a legislative structure uh, that was the most that was the longest in the list the most grievances dealt with the legislature that was the first thing they address in the constitution article 2 of the constitution addresses the executive what was the next most uh, number of grievances the executive right the abuse of the executive they wanted to structure that, and that was the next most important thing to address in our constitution and in the structure of our government, the executive. And Article Three of the Constitution addresses the judicial branch, uh, an important branch, not as uh, not as high a priority, uh, but was listed among the fifteen grievances, the judicial branch. And so the colonists, the framers, uh, they addressed that in the constitution. In Article Three, and of course, all three of those showing the separation of powers amongst those branches, departments as they called them back then, uh, showing the the great uh, separation, and also giving the, the distinct uh, ability to check and balance, or balance and check is is perhaps a, a more proper terminology, one or the other. So we want to conclude this with understanding that the founders, who were certainly businessmen in, in various occupations, you know, be it agriculture and farming, be it in some type of financial dealings, you know, property ownership, uh, any of those, and they certainly had a high regard for private property. They still listed the abuse of governmental structure first and foremost in the grievances, not taxation without representation, which was certainly important. But it was the structure of government, when we look at the, at the declaration, it was the structure of government and the abuse of any type of structure, even, even in ruled by a king, the abuse of his own structure, which caused them to focus and caused them to declare independence, that they could no longer tolerate that. They could no longer tolerate the tyranny, and really what becomes uh, completely an arbitrary action –… on whoever is the king, and that is really the concern we have in, in our day and age in the United States. It's, be, it's becoming more and more arbitrary as the Constitution is set aside, laid aside. Uh, we, have an arbitrary, we have arbitrary rulings, arbitrary regulations, arbitrary uh, even laws from the Congress when they do pass them, which are certainly not constitutional… And this creates a climate in which, from a business perspective, you don't know how the government's going to act, what they may regulate next. Uh, there's great uncertainty in how to be able to function just in a what is no longer a free marketplace. And it's not a free marketplace because of the insane amount of regulation and oversight from the federal government, and frankly from a lot of state government as well. So that brings us to our conclusion um, and, of course, to the solution we always bring up. If we want to restore the founders' had in mind, even at the time of the declaration, it is through the Article Five amending process. And the Convention of States project is the only project, the only Article five movement out there which is addressing the structure of government. Okay, there are other movements out there which are dealing with the fiscal issues, uh, and those have to be addressed. There is no doubt. And our application certainly does deal with fiscal issues, but we are looking at the restoration of the structure of our government, not restructuring, but rebuilding. Right, restoring the foundation, restoring the rule of law, as Governor Abbott would state it. Um, that is the the joy we have in working with the Convention of States project. We have a solution that we are pursuing, which promises to have that discussion. We don't promise success. We promise having discussion nationally about what our government should look like and how we can propose amendments that being ratified would begin to restructure our government in a manner in which it was intended. And again, to be able to to address the same type of grievances we have now, which they had 240 years ago this weekend as they were writing and finalizing and affixing their signatures… To that great document which we celebrate, you know, I saw a a meme earlier this week, or maybe it was last week, um, and I haven't checked to see how true it is. But it stated that the United States is the only country which knows uh, when its birthday is. You know, we celebrate the Fourth of July, and I know there are other countries which celebrate their own Independence Day. Uh, We celebrate on the basis of the signing of a document and having that being publicly known. July Fourth, seventeen seventy-six. Uh, is a a great day not just for our nation, a great day for uh, people around the world who who love liberty, individual liberty and sovereignty uh, in their own nation state. And the the idea that we the people can be self-governing doesn't mean that we have anarchy and that everybody does what they, they wish. It means that the people have the say in how the laws are enacted, who is elected, Uh, We have a say in how we can constrain the government and restrain the government, and that's what the Convention of States Project is all about, bringing back that idea of self-governance. It's an exciting, exciting time to be alive even with all the problems we have. There are a lot of great men and women who are out here fighting as patriots, and we are seeing a groundswell of support across the nation as we find this civil and constitutional means…  … to address our our issues, and it's – the time to do it is now. The people are in place. The citizens are in place, and it's time for the state legislatures to set aside the fear and grasp and embrace that constitutional solution provided for them in Article Five of the U.S. Constitution. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope this has been helpful to you, uh, especially this Independence Weekend. Next week, I, we're going to have a, a fairly different show as well. I'm not going to spoil it by teasing it a little bit, but but to note that uh, we've come a long way so far in the, in the time we've been around, and next week is another type of anniversary, and we're going to be discussing that on next week's show. Until then, Madison Rising is going to play us out. I haven't seen any callers call in, so for all I know, nobody's listening, but uh, this is still very helpful for me. Um, Madison Rising, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: Another bad day in the Supreme Court is another bad day for America.
0: And thank you once again for listening to that Provident article. We appreciate your listening. My name is Paul Hodson. I'm the co-director here in Texas the Convention of States Project. We want to thank Madison Rising for all the music that they provide here, our intro and outro. Go out to their website, www.madisonrising.com. We invite you also to go out to our Convention of States. Oh, I had a caller. He bailed out. And thank you once again for listening to that Provident article. We appreciate your listening. My name is Paul Hodson. I'm the co-director here in Texas the Convention of States Project. We want to thank Madison Rising for all the music that they provide here, our intro and outro. Go out to their website, www.madisonrising.com. We invite you also to go out to our Convention of States website www.conventionofstates.com We want to thank the Convention of States Project, Mark Meckler Founder and President, Citizens for Self-Governance Michael Ferris Head of the Convention of States Project and a big, big thank you to our entire Texas Convention of States team and we invite you to join us again next week for another episode of That Provident Article Chumba. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for $1. One year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.